You're listening to Unbroken Yars, Episode 5, An Invitation to Reconciliation. The light of Jesus shines through the darkness, and we carry this light in unbroken jars of clay. We have a life and a story about our faith journey, but we're not struck down. We're not destroyed. Our stories shine the light on Jesus and His power. Our faith walk has forever been shaped by the life of one man, that is Jesus. Jesus continues to use real life stories of those around us to mold us. We will dive into this world by investigating, interviewing, and walking alongside real people who share their stories. Their faith stories of struggle, sin, joy, and victory, and how God is leading them will help shape your faith journey in Unbroken Jars of Clay. Doug and I are super excited about our guests joining our conversation in this episode. April Bodie, a Huntsville native, is a mother of five and a mama to many. When she was a little girl, she wanted to be a race car driver, but now she races around the Rocket City, catering to the needs of others. We want to welcome April to Unbroken Jars podcast, and thanks, April, for taking the time to join us today. Thank y'all for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys this morning. So now the kind of rehearsed part's over, right? Now we can kind of get into this and relax, which I'm... I've known you for a long time, April. I always have loved you. You've always been a blessing to me and my family. So we really are excited you're here. So on this podcast, part of the journey is us getting to know people, us introducing you to other people. So tell us a little bit about you, April, where you're from, how you got here, a little bit about April Bodie. Well, I'm a Huntsville native and um, I grew up in the Hunts in the Rocket City on North Parkway. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood where it was moms and dads. And then um, around the late 80s and 90s, we saw crack cocaine hit and it tore up families. And I just knew that when I grew up, I wanted to be the person that I needed during that time period. And so when I became an adult, my younger, my early adult years were not spent with the Lord. When I was about 24, 25 years old, my dad was a member of Inner City Church of Christ. He told me that he wanted me to come to church with him. I just returned from uh, Pennsylvania. I went and I fell in love with it. And uh, maybe six months later, a guy named Art Leslie created a position for me as the assistant life skills counselor. Still don't really know what that means, but um, I started working with homeless people, at-risk teens, single moms. And I was just like, God, this is what I want to do. And so um, I didn't realize that God's, that my body was the church until ministry went on foot. And I've had the opportunity of working in uh, 35805 now for 15 years. I work with homeless people, feeding them, clothing them. I work with children. I've been to their, everything from their graduations to their funerals. Um, I was able to start my own ministry with Save Our Sons. And I've just... I think that if I'm describing me in a nutshell, I am community. I love my community and I don't yeah. mind serving them. I think that you're going to be used by somebody and 
Yeah. I just choose to let it be Jesus for me. Right on. Mm-hmm. I like that. The uh, one thing I didn't know about you already, and this is, uh, I've known you for a long time now, so this is kind of surprising that I didn't know this. And that is, I didn't know you went to, came back from Pennsylvania or went to Pennsylvania. Yes, I lived in, that's where Ivana was born. Really? I lived in Pennsylvania for mm, almost four years. I stayed in, actually, I lived in Hershey, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Mm. I started out in Harrisburg and we moved to Hershey. And, is uh, everything chocolate there? It literally smells like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> like, the light fixtures uh, are fashion after Hershey Kiss. Get out. Like, straight up. <laughs> Um, yes, I lived there for a while. I learned a lot about me in Pennsylvania. I had my first, I had a bond when I was 21. Her dad and I didn't work out, and so I came back to Huntsville. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't either. I, I, I was going to kind of lead into my, to maybe talk a little bit about your family. And, and also, you already kind of alluded to it, but some of the hats you've worn uh, and continue to wear in your involvement in the community, because there's hardly any place I go that, that, that people don't know who April Bodie is because you've been involved in connecting the community in some way, some form. I, I you know, I, I just decided, like, I'm going to do some stuff from love and not for love. And because I've done it from love, I've received so much love. I work with Villager Promise. I teach cooking classes there and I do reading aloud. I love that. Mm-hmm. Girls Inc., I've taught them um, slime making and personal <laughs> hygiene. Boys and Girls Club, I've taught them personal hygiene talks. Um, 2820, I've done open mics here, and we've had so many amazing things, but open mics, beautifully bound events. Um, For Inner City Church of Christ, I've just done a bunch of different things. Um, I can't really tell you all the things I've done. I I think that God has allowed me to do so much in the community that... I just, if I start naming, I'm going to miss something. And I don't want God to ever feel like I don't appreciate all the stuff he's let this little black nappy head child do. Because I'm so thankful of all the things that God has trusted me to do in this community. Yeah. And what, but what about your kids? you got two children? No, actually, Randy, I have five. I have three biological, two bonus. My um, <laughs> Bonus. Bonus oh, yeah. <laughs> I have... 25-year-old Army, 24-year-old Air Force, 20-year-old at University of West Alabama. Um, He's studying to be a doctor. A 20-year-old who's in the Army. He's in basic training right now. And the baby girl, Summer, she's at Madison Academy in 10th grade. We just got our first job at Chick-fil-A. Oh, Chick-fil-A. So I really only know two of your children. You really only know two. Um, my husband had two babies when I okay. met him, and I had two babies when I met him. So okay. we are a blended family, mm-hmm. and that's a whole different kind of ministry. That's the biggest ministry that I serve is my family because I learned a lot about the love of the Lord when you love children that weren't grew- that you didn't grow in your own womb, you know. And my one of my bonus sons' mom died, and he came and lived with us. And that was a different type of ministry that I've mm-hmm. ever, um, I, I, I thought I loved the Lord before then, but God sometimes have to put that, that faith out front for you to see, you know, just how much you have to work on. But yes. So. I can't even imagine. That's a, uh, that's a whole different, whole different world, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's again, this, this podcast is about the journey and that's, was so helpful to people because everybody has a story, right? Yes. And in, in the middle of that story, yeah, I know there were probably times that you probably looked at your story and was like, what in the world? <laughs> like what? I mean, because we all do that, mm-hmm. but I appreciate 
your perspective and where you've taken what, what God's given you. And so tell us a little bit about, the, so these letters, what they stand for, SOS, HOV, mm-hmm. right? Or HSV, sorry. Mm-hmm. And what exactly is kind of Save Our Sons, Huntsville? Tell us a little bit about, because you've referenced it, mm-hmm. but bring us into it. Help us know a little bit more about that. Well, Save Our Sons was started in 2014. 2014, when um, Trayvon Martin and uh, Zimmerman, he was acquitted for the murders. We saw our sons angry, hurt, sad, filled with so much fear. And so my friend Toya called and said, who's also the co-founder, she called and said, April, we have to do something. I said, it's like we need to send out an SOS. He was like, yes, save our sons. And so Art Leslie, the same fellow who created a position for me at Inner City, he gave us a space to meet in. And we met with um, affluent members from the community, pastors and local leaders. And we allowed our boys to sit down and ask questions. And at that point, we taught them pullover etiquette what to do when you get pulled over. And since then, it's just morphed into a place where we fight for one another rather than against each other. We have panel discussions and dialogues, not debates, you know. Our panels come up with the, our panelists come with the intent to tune in. They want to listen. We seek to understand and then be understood. We, we our approach is simple. We listen carefully, we keep an open mind and open heart, and we, we respect the speaker, even if we don't respect what they're saying. And Saber Sons has, more, has morphed into a bi-monthly meeting where we come together with different topics. We put our fingers to the pulse of the nation, to the pulse of our people, and we speak about it. And we're not afraid to have uncomfortable conversations. We're only afraid of what happens when we don't talk about it. So in times of peace, we prepare for this time of war. And we have family that we can talk about things with. It's not strangers. We do life together. Like when when one of us are hurting, we don't say that person is hurting or look what happened to them. It's my brother is hurting. Mm-hmm. My sister went through this, and when you when you look at these issues from a family standpoint, they hit different. They hurt different. Yeah, absolutely. So, I love the the simplicity of how this started. Mm-hmm. Realistically, it was like mama, right, caring for a baby and seeing their the concern for their child, not knowing, like being a little fearful, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I love how you said. Yeah, hey, you brought everybody in from different parts of the community. Yes. And it was a teaching moment. And it was a moment for these young uh, young men and women, or primarily men. At first, it was just men and boys. We uh-huh. were the only two in the room, and we even walked out because we're just two mamas. We want our boys to get home, we want our husbands <laughs> to get home. Sure. But we didn't want to stifle the conversation in any way. So we walked away and let them have that conversation. I think that's so cool because I think that's one of the things that's missing. I think you said it earlier and I I mean, just across the board and that's dialogue, just definitely honest, loving conversation that even if you, you you said it, even if you disagree with somebody, you listen to them, you respect the speaker, even if you don't respect what they're saying. Yes. Um, And I, I want my son who's now 13 years old, which makes you old, April. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I want my son growing up knowing those things too. And knowing that it's okay to have a 
confrontational conversation with somebody and it don't have to be angry. Yeah. I, I'm an author of a book called I Got Five on it. And in my book, I say confrontation does have not have to be confrontational. You can be assertive and not be angry. You can set boundaries and not be a bad person. Yeah. But if someone hurts you or does something that makes you feel away, if you don't have a confrontational conversation with them about it and let them know this is how that made me feel, not only will they never change, you will be forever changed because you're going to hold it mm -hmm. and it's going to affect how you move for the rest of your life mm -hmm. with your people. Even it can be somebody that has done nothing to you. If you get super offended by somebody, it can be the person you love the most. They can walk up, they get in the smoke from it, <laughs> from the fire that they set. Mm -hmm. They don't have anything to do with it. So they'll never change and you'll be forever changed. You cannot not have conversation. Right. And we have to teach our children early on so because when we learn stuff as children, we can operate well in it as adults, but it's hard to teach hard headed adults. <laughs> yeah, it really is. No, you're right. Yeah, we're, we're setting our ways. Yes. And you reference this just now and Randy, you may have had this in the notes, but you've written a book. Yes. So tell us, uh, tell us the name again and tell us where people can find that right now, because they're the, the few people that listen to this may be interested in that because of what you just said. It's called, I got five on it. And like I said, it's just, it's a book to a girl like me who didn't, I had a mom, but my mom did the best she could with what she knew. Mm -hmm. And so it could be another girl out there who has that situation or even adult that has this, that who's doing the best they can with what they know. It wasn't okay for me to, to, go to my grave and not be able to tell people stuff. So I got five on it is practical wisdom. Uh, the tagline <laughs> is beating around the bushes for landscapers. I've just never been that type of person. <laughs> you know, I take it straight to your face. Uh, I took all the talks that I've had with children and women over the course of my ministry and compiled it into a book with a concise, in a concise written form. It's very short, but it's pungent. It's available at Amazon um, it's great for children, new moms, graduation. I made it $5 because I'm not rich enough to give it away, <laughs> you know? but I want everybody to have it. Yeah, I great. can give away a few of them for $5 and I wanted everybody to be able to afford it because a lot of, sometimes some of the things that are so good to us, they're just out of our reach. I don't want nothing that I got out of nobody's reach. Never. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, what you've been talking about is it's kind of a hot button right now in our country, even, you know, that you can't, um, you can't agree to disagree. It's like if, if somebody has a point different than you, then they're evil and, you know, and you get, and you get this tension. There's, we're at a very tense time in our country, I guess more so than I can remember a long time. And could you speak some to that? Maybe, you know, what are some ways we can better communicate with one another? I know you talked about not holding back what you think, but, how can we bring people together rather than divide when we disagree about something, you think? I, I really want people to try to understand one another because we everybody wants us to understand them. This is how I feel. This is how I feel. One, remove your feelings from any situation because they're lying to you. <laughs> they, yeah. Because how you feel no, right now is not true. how you're going to feel tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You need to. I want people to hear what I have to say, not my emotions. So we need to work through our emotions before we start to talk about something. Don't just say, I'm mad about this and let me tell you how I feel. No, you say, I'm angry about it. Take it to the Father. Mm. 
ask God. I ask God questions like, Lord, can you help me see me? Search my heart. God, am I being petty about this? Lord, is this, does this really matter? And after God deals with you, sometimes you'll say, I don't even need to talk about it anymore. But if you do have somebody that you want to gauge whether the relationship is, is, is worth enough to confront it. Because some people, <clears throat> what it shows is it's time for them to exit your life. Most people get burned in these relationships because it's like a rope. You're trying to hold on to something that's pulling away from you. So you constantly get burned because you should be letting it go. Yeah. You have to let some people exit your life. But if it's those relationships that's, that's worth saving, sit down with that person. Not by text because you can, it's, some, it's some text gangsters out here. Some email <laughs> straight up mafia people. But face to face, yeah. they're these little lambs. Sit down with a person face to face so that not only... You can, they can hear you, but they can see you by your unspoken things, your mm. tears, mm. the way your shoulders slump, your certain, how you're giving them eye contact or how they're not giving you eye contact. You can see how a person feels, but confrontation should by, by every means be had face to face and not delayed. Mm. Yeah. Because when that root's set up in your heart, I cannot say it enough. They'll be forever changed, but the, the biggest change is going to happen to you. Yeah. And the biggest people that are going to be affected are not strangers. It's going to be the people that you love. Yeah. That's good. Right, so true. Also, um, so so how now with what you're talking about, and I'm a little off script again, but how now what you're talking about and this SOS ministry mm -hmm. um, that you're talking, how do these overlap? Because you're talking about, uh, saving our sons and you're talking about equipping these young people to be able to be good communicators, mm -hmm. to be able to be confrontational, but to be able to have differences with people and communicate with them. What, what is currently happening with that ministry? Um, with regards, I know you've mentioned a few things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so what, what currently kind of is happening with that, that kind of leads these young people that way? This, does that question make sense? It does. Okay. Currently, we save ourselves. This past Tuesday, we met. And like I said, we put our, we just, we listen to our boys. We listen to our nation. We listen to God. Yeah. And with all the tension and unrest and division that's going on right now, yeah. God didn't even give us a topic that we could go over Tuesday. So we sat down and had prayer. Yeah. We got in a field, had everybody bring their chairs and their blankets, and we prayed. Mm -hmm. We let we went around the circle and let people pray with the axe method. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we listened to each other's hearts. Sure. So with Save Our Sons, we have definitely morphed into more than pullover etiquette. Yeah. We're trying to teach them how to do life well and with other people that don't look like them. We call it diversity dinners because it's a bowl of Skittles when you walk in. And that's what the kingdom of God is going to look like. We want to pull them out of the places that they are comfortable with the people that they're comfortable with. Because no change happens when you're comfortable. Nothing that's grows so true. when you're comfortable, yeah. you know? So we just want to put people in the same rooms and let God do what he do. Yeah. We're just trying to create a safe space. Yeah. Create the environment, let God move. That's how I see this ministry. Yeah, I was telling Doug, it's an unlikely ministry. I tell people that all the time about 2020. 
it's just unlikely the things that happen here. It is. It is. It's unlikely. People ask me how I got here. I literally cannot tell them because it's just an unlikely ministry. And I think that's what God has his people to do. I truly believe that's why COVID happened for 2020. Mm -hmm. I think the Lord had to shut the doors of churches so people can get up. I think he had yeah. to put us on time out so we could really see what our behavior looked like. Yeah. It's ministries like this that would not have been born from comfort. That's so true. You just created a space and God does what he does. Now you're preaching. Now you're preaching. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, it's good. Oh, no, it's good. Pass. No, it's good. Let me at least pass all the play. Come on now. <laughs> it's well, maybe we'll give you a, play, a, a chance to pass the offering play. But um so tell us and you've you've addressed this a little bit, but tell us um how our communities now could provide some reconciliation, especially in our racial tension worlds. Like, uh, you know, this is one of the, the questions we kind of talked about or that we wrote out and said, this is a hard question, especially. So uh, for those listening, they, they can't see my white skin and your dark skin, mm -hmm. you know, and th this is just a microphone that picks up our voices. Mm -hmm. Right. So w we're different racially. So my, what, how I was raised, I wasn't raised as a black man because I'm not. Mm -hmm. um, so my perspective is different. I know a lot of the people um, just around the country, the same is true. Yes. We are raised where we're raised and we don't have a different perspective. So what are some of your thoughts specifically with the idea of reconciliation and how in our racially ten tensioned world that we live in right now, how do we reconcile some of that? Um, can I read the definition of reconcile? First? Please. Okay. It says restore friendly relations between cause to coexist in harmony, make or show to be compatible, make an account consistent with another, especially by allowing transactions begun, but yet not yet completed. I love that they read. I like the fact that it is likened to a checkbook and I think that it's a lot of transactions between races that has not been completed. Mm. The only way to change your point of view about another race is to do like them, mm -hmm. to submerge yourself into their culture. Like I, I'm a chef by trade. I know the people are listening like, what is she for real? No, but seriously, <laughs> by trade, like, what do she really do? I went to school for culinary arts. And when I think about reconciliation, I think food-wise all the time. And if picture yourself having a beautiful T-bone steak, mm -hmm. it would be good with salt and pepper. Your life would be good with black and white people. But mess around and get some a little bit of cayenne pepper, maybe some brown sugar, throw all these spices together and you have something delicious. I think that reconciling is not for anyone more than ourselves. If you want your life to be rich and delicious, if you want your life to be what God wants your life to be, in order to reconcile things, you need to reconcile what your life looks like. Get out of your comfort zone. Bring other people in so that you can live the life that shows reconciliation. I think we can talk about it all we want to. We got to live it out. Yeah. If I have to run around telling people that I'm a Christian, it's some about, about my connection with God. It's not there. Mm -hmm. 
We can't call ourselves reconcil reconciliators until we live a reconciled life. Mm -hmm. There are no trans. If there are probably some transactions I can go back and reconcile with people, but I try to complete them all. Mm -hmm. I don't care what your race is. I think we have to. And if we're going to have a reconciled world, we have to start with ourselves. We got to get out of our comfort zones. We got to get out of the people. If you went to high school with the same people, work with the same people, go to church with the same people, vacation with the same people, do life with the same people, you are not making change. <laughs> you are not That's living. True. You are existing. You need to go out. We are designed. If the Bible says go out and make disciples of men, what part of it are we missing? Mm -hmm. You can't extend the borders of the kingdom sitting on your island. You can't. That's a great point. I, I'm, I'm thinking too, and maybe it's so, you know, we say go out. I think of what can you say or how, to, how do we address the fact, you know, sometimes we look at injustice going on. Mm -hmm. And unless it's happening to us, we usually sit on the sideline and let it go down. I hate to say it, mm -hmm. but so how do you, how do we get people off their seats and, and what should we do? We've seen injustice going on, even if it's not against our people, although everyone should be our people. Yes. How, how do you, what do you say to that? What do, what do we need to, how do we need to wake up? Well, we have to be okay with some people will never wake up. Some people okay sleep, you know. Um, yeah. Change being a change agent is not for everybody. Fighting for injustice is not for everybody, but it can be. Some people's involvement is going to be different. If you don't want to show up, donate. If you don't want to donate, and you can speak, speak up. If there's a council, a city council meeting, attend that. If you find that there is a way for you to become more educated with reconciliation, sign up for it. If you see injustice taking place and you have a voice, speak up. Just speak up. Just say something. And if you can't do nothing else, if you can't fight for it, I just invite you to at least hurt with people. Mm -hmm. Hurt with people. Just say, I know you hurting and I don't understand why I hurt you so bad, but I just want you to know I hurt with you. Because lamenting, if you can lament with someone and they can see that you're lamenting with them, sometimes that's, that's that silent act of togetherness is bigger than anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you've made a great point that I feel like I'm sitting here processing my life when you're talking. So I hope this happens with other people, but I am. I mean, like right now we're involved with this ministry, like you were talking about here at 2820 that we had no expectations for. And I had expectations and thought about thoughts about homeless people and, and they have been completely twisted and turned. And it's only because now I have several homeless people who are my very good friends. Yes. And it's because I got into their lives, what you were saying earlier. Um, and there are some people that walk through these doors and hopefully I'm modeling what you're, you just said, but there's some people walk through these doors. They will never change. And it, it's, it's quick. You, you quickly see them. Um, but it, you can still love them. Mm -hmm. Right. And there are some people that walk through these doors that 
clearly they're looking, they're just searching. They're, they're lost, you know? And I think, I think you're totally right about us engaging with one another. Um, it's such a scary thing until you kind of get to know somebody. It is. And realize they're just people too. They are. And in life is a school. This is a school. And think about when you walk into new classrooms. Yeah. You were the new kid. You were you were afraid. Yeah. You didn't know who to talk to. You weren't sure if he was gonna like your teacher. Some <laughs> teachers in life, you you think I never want to meet that teacher again because they're horrible and I don't ever want to be in their classrooms again. But some classrooms you walk in, you like, man, I love my teacher. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to go to school and see my people. We are just children. God is our father. Life is a school. We need to see it as that. We are all learning. You're learning. You didn't know you was going to kick it with homeless people <laughs> a year ago. You no. just letting your father Take you by the hand and teach you. Mm-hmm. Homeless people have taught me so much about appreciation and about judging a book by its cover. All right. You know when I come, I'm just coming. I'm, I'm here for the fellowship. I'm here to talk to them <laughs> because they're, they're, they have a soul. One, just like me. And man, do they have a story. Yeah. Yes. So that's how we change our point of view on other races. I just recently met people from India. I love them. I love their food. (laughs) I love their culture, but I would have never known. They just would have been like the people on the news that are always fighting. Who are they? Why are they fighting? What's up with them? Like, they have a soul. They have Mm -hmm. a story. They have a culture. We need to accept each other's culture and some things that we don't understand about another person, it could just be cultural. I remember yeah. my daughter saying that she thought dancing was a sin. I'm like, girl, you black. <laughs> every, every time you hear a beat, don't you want to move? That's your culture. You can't say that, bud. You can't yeah. say that. That's a part. It's a, We got to get to know each other on a more than a surface level yeah. because I'm no longer a friend to the shallow end. If it ain't deep, I just, I just, I don't think Jesus has never called me to shallow water. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many of us he does. He calls us to deep water. Yeah. He's never going to let us drown. No. We just got to jump in and trust him. You know, I'm not saying we all going to be skilled swimmers. Some of us might just be floating, but we're not going to drown. Amen. Amen. Uh, I was going to say, I, I'm also, and I don't know if this is a time, maybe we can talk about this after this, but I am interested also too right now in our culture so one of the things you said is like listening to media and one of the things that is shaping our culture so much mm-hmm. and shaping the young minds in our, in our world. It scares me to death raising a kid. And, and I'm a little intrigued, obviously uh, you're from a different background than I am. I'm a little intrigued too, to, to you mentioned media. I, and I even think, you know, Twitter, Facebook, all these are shaping our culture mm-hmm. more than people are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a little intrigued about your thoughts, even on that, you know, like I said, this is way off script here, but um, about that and, and reconciliation, how do we, because everything's going to go, everything we see is going to be to the extreme oh, and yes. it's, and it's going to be, how do we fight that? As far as mainstream media, 
in my house, I have uh, just decided that like I'm not watching that right now because I went away for a weekend and couldn't watch the news and realize how different my mind was <laughs> and how less angry I was because we let's just face it, we don't get mad. Jesus got mad. I I don't allow Summer to watch the news. The older ones, I just they All can't right. tell them what to do. Young adults, and then. She's on Instagram, but Snapchat to me is the place where they really say what they want to say. And I tune into her Snapchat <laughs> just so I can. That's that's the biggest uh, hustle as a parent eavesdropping. So <laughs> I tune into it. And I think that we should allow these young people to use their form of communication because we don't get it for real. But it's how they communicate with one another because they have become a, a group of people who are texting. They don't communicate anymore. Mm -hmm. And I just make my young people talk to me. Yeah. Like I just keep harassing them and asking them questions. So what do you think? So if you could vote, who would you vote for? Mm -hmm. And if they tell me, I said, why? Why would you vote for them? And it's usually the most childish answer. But the thing is, it's the answer that a lot of adults would give. <laughs> yeah, it's like, true. seriously, yeah. so this is the only reason why you're voting for them? Really? What You need to go and do some research. I always try to highlight areas where she is misled. Tell her what I know and then say, and then you go and figure it out too. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's, most people are making the most uneducated decisions right now. We are just saying, yep, like when I say life is a school, we're just like, yeah, that's the popular kid. <laughs> so hang with them. <laughs> it's like, no, why are they popular? Do you know? I just right. I, I allow it to happen, but I, I keep an eye on it. I, I'm utilizing it for my for me as a parent. Yeah. And I just shield her eyes from what I can. We only have a moment with these babies. It's true. So, it's true. And then, I mean, the, the older ones, some like, sometimes they're like, well, yeah, uh, you were the test kid. <laughs> kind of messed up on that yeah, one. Man. <laughs> Let me try to pick up the ball here. So I can see my errors in my ways with the other kids. So with Summer, I just try to shield her eyes from what I can. Bring her to stuff. You know, if we bring our babies to serve, we create servants. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. It's good. It's been, this has been a really good conversation, April. And before we close I, I wanted to ask you if people want to know more about saving our sons or save our sons and and how they maybe can support the mission or just to get involved volunteer where do they where do they go to to find that information out they can go to save our sons huntsville at gmail.com they can follow us on facebook at save our sons huntsville we are a private group on purpose um so you answer a couple questions and then we let you in uh to our group not to try to annex things we just want to make sure that we have we, we always try to create a safe space. Mm -hmm. um, we are not politically affiliated, so we don't allow talks of politics in our group. <laughs> we just keep the main thing, the main thing. Right. So they can they can log on and we're a family. We're a family tribe. So join our vibe. It's an open door <laughs> policy. Come on over. It's always free. Um, God has been very good to us mamas and we've been able to offer this to the community for free. We meet every other month. Uh, second Tuesday of the month and we'll be back together in December. I don't know cool. if we'll be virtual or in person. We'll just let the Lord tell us what to do when that time comes. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on today. Um, 
one one of the things I want to do is I, I just want to I want to pray a special blessing over you. Yes. Thank yeah. God for you, and and what what God's doing through you, uh, but also what God's done to you, mm. so that He can do so many things through you. Let's let's just pray for a minute. God, we um, what a blessing April has been to my family's life, but also I know that she's touched so many, and I know that there's been a journey there, a, a journey that um, that she talked about with. Yes. Little Hershey kisses on 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 uh, in another town, mm-hmm. Father. That that has brought her to this place, and and not all of it's glorious, and Father, all our history is not always glorious. Amen. But uh, you continue to lead us, and I just pray for more and more open doors for not only this ministry, but for for people that are listening to this podcast that that get excited when they hear April talk because she's speaking your words. Mm-hmm. I pray that you will infiltrate their life because we want people to get up. We don't just want people to sit and listen to a podcast and then do nothing, Father, just like you've called us into service. Uh, so, Father, we pray uh, just a special blessing over April's children for not only your hand of protection to be around them, but for your hand of leading and for the influence that they have to affect community at large for the future. Uh, and we pray that that you'll just, just lead them. Again, we're thankful for this time we've had together and your love is through Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us, April. Thank you for having us. That's all we have. Thank you for listening today. We appreciate your comments and feedback on Unbroken Jars podcast. Please understand that our goal is always to honor God by the experiences of real life stories and real faith that you hear on this podcast. May God bless your life as you live out your story of real faith in your own settings.